This weekend at Kohl's, take an extra 15% off. Save on men's and women's denim. Get Under Armour shoes for the family, $59.99 and under. And pick up a Power XL air fryer, just $84.99. Plus, take an extra $10 off your back-to-school purchase of $50 or more. Plus, store drive up. And get a little more for your wallet with Kohl's Cash. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles, 15% off with promo code Notebook and August 16th. Under Armour offers and coupons do not apply. 10 off 50 with promo code BTS10 and August 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Society Bites Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Himmer. And I'm Sherry Himmer. And this is Authentically You, social interaction for the mind and soul. And we're still on Trigger Busters because of the power that it can give you to take control over your life. When we say you're 100% responsible for your happiness, joy, and well-being, they all have definitions. They all mean something specific to us. If you're tired of living in a state of anxiety or stress or worry or walking on eggshells because you have addicted people, behavioral addicted people in your home, this is you've come to the right place to start getting an idea of how to start addressing this, making sense of what's happening in your space around you. So this is the third segment on Trigger Busters on this go around, Sherry. Yeah. Let's go over what we've got. And last time we really started to define um, trigger and cue. And this time we're going to go into how to change triggers into cues because triggers is just really the negative side of a cue. And they're, they're, they are one and the same thing, but triggers lead to being flooded. Cues lead to something else and can lead to something else. And we are using the story of Bobby Bobby and Brenda, boyfriend, girl from high school, they go out, she goes off to college, it's Christmas, he hasn't seen her for all these months, and he had this expectation that she would call or was coming home on this given day and um, would, would reach out to him by a, a certain time frame. And he sees that her car's parked in her driveway because they live across the street from each other, but she hasn't called yet. He goes into a flooded state. He's isolating. He won't eat. He's really upset. We can get this teenage idea, young adult idea of what's going on because everybody's kind of been in a similar place. And at the risk of redundancy, it's fun to tease them because they're teenagers. But the reality is adults do this just as much. And I would argue that when it's happening at the adult level, oh, it gets nasty. I think it's sure. more severe. Yeah. This is a really benign trigger to flood, but it's real. Yeah. And we've probably all had something like this where we start to doubt ourselves, doubt our self in a relationship because somebody just hasn't picked up the phone and called or text. So we're going to try to make sense of being flooded through the lens of a rational versus an irrational mind. Um, Sherry mentioned that we've all had moments of saying or doing irrational things. It's kind of what makes us human and it's perfect. You know, we get to make mistakes. So we do a retake. Everything that we're presenting is in the spirit of you're going to do a retake now. You've made plenty of mistakes. You've seen it happen. And if you're, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I've really haven't made that many mistakes. I'm doing okay. This is not the show for you because you're in complete denial of what's going on in your life. And you 
there's nothing that's going to make life better for you until you look in the mirror and you realize that you don't walk on water the way you think you do. So in the rational mind, um, there are three steps subconsciously that happen when you're triggered or cued. And in everyone emotes, uh, you can either go neutrally or non-neutrally. If you go neutrally, you're going to be able to process through and you're not going to have the, the tremendous stress and anxiety that usually accompanies with being triggered. Or you can go irrationally. So we want to move to that level of acceptance. So the three things are cue, response, and reward. That's a rational mind. So let's define each step. So cue is a stimuli. Our bodies taken stimulation all the time and um, this is the equivalent of being triggered but it's in the rational mind so that's and, and, why we use the two words um they are one and the same yeah. but then they can be different they can lead to different results right cue is a stimulus that generates an awareness or emotion and when cued consciously competent individuals practice acceptance and automatically address the cue with a pre-planned response so if i feel this this is i do right. x and let's define consciously competent. It's a person who's aware and practice in addressing challenges. They don't freeze when things go awry. They don't go to fight or flight. They use deliberate practice to create stronger habitats, and they make principle-based decisions. They have practiced this. Now, it's okay to be consciously incompetent, meaning you don't know what you don't know, but you're willing to learn. When we sound, when I sound a little bit biased or frustrated, it's because I'm talking to the people who are unconsciously incompetent. They don't know what they don't know, and they don't want to know what they don't know. So because they live in that state of not knowing and not wanting to know, they're not aware of the tremendous ripple effect they have on others around them. These are addicted people, and most of the ones that, I, that get me frustrated, and usually they don't, but the ones that do, or the, the so-called intellectuals who try to rationalize their way through life without recognizing that their lack of emotional connection is what's creating the diatribe of challenges that go on. And they don't realize that their, their spouses and their children are not connecting because they're so afraid because they're telling themselves false narratives. Individuals who recognize cues are consciously competent and stay in the flow thus avoiding frustration and resistance because they deliberately practice addressing outside stimuli. stimuli. They are able to not be flooded. Because they have a response. Yeah. And it's pre-planned. Pre response. And this is a, a thought process and a behavior that you practice in mindfulness. So quick example, there was a time where I was so constantly flooded in, with my in-laws that I just refused to be around them. I, I chose for three years not to be around any, and that's this is where all of the Where's Rich stories started coming from. And the reason I w didn't want to go there is because I didn't know how to control it, and I wanted them to be at fault. And when I realized that, they have nothing to do with the story. This is all me. I started practicing in my head. How am I going to talk to so-and-so? What am I going to say when they say X? I knew what they were going to say. I could hear their voices in my head. And for years, until I figured this out, I practiced how to respond to comments and say, statements made by my in-laws to the point that I, and this came after a kind of a tipping point when I was sitting with Corlane at the foot of Nate when he was passing away. I had a, a Boy Scout, two Boy Scouts, brothers who died of cancer. 
And one night when I was visiting, it was the night before he passed away, I was sitting with his mother and we were having this type of a conversation and I hit a tipping point when I took ownership. And that ownership moment helped me recognize that I can no longer live according to my immaculate perception, that I've got to be aware of what's going on in my space. And when I started practicing the trigger busters, I didn't have that name back then, I didn't make that up for years. All of a sudden I realized it was having an impact on every aspect of my life, that I was able to stay more neutral around people who normally, and I used, you know, I take after my grandpa, I judge people all the time. Nobody was as good as I thought they should be for years of my life. It never made me happy, but it's what I was trained to do because I was constantly going from trigger to flood with my immaculate perception. And then when I realized I could control it, they stopped having that energy impact upon me because I pre-planned, I'm going to be neutral. I'm going to enjoy this time. That's not easy to do. And, and you would say mindfulness is where that pre-planning begins. It's where it's it's where it happens. Yeah. Anytime you use your imagination, you're in mindfulness. So when when designed for addiction recovery or behavior change, for me it was both. It was an addiction that I was doing. It's a set of three pre-planned actions coupled with the ability to reward positive behavior. So spiritual, physical, physical. emotional. So I, I would. In, I don't know if you've noticed or not, when I walk into a church or when I walk into a, a setting, I'm constantly going, taking a deep breath in, I hold it, and I let it out. Now, unless you're aware of what I'm doing, you don't know. Do you remember that one time in church? You were doing it so audibly, I had to like tap you on the knee. You were like, like Oh, was it really? Yeah. I remember yes. you, were la you and Sam were laughing at me. Yeah, because you were doing so audibly. Well, it's not nice to mock someone, Sherry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm just... I, I didn't know I'm, I was doing it so audibly. I'm recognizing that you do those things. Yeah. You really put this to practice. Well, I... And it works, yeah. and it's made life so much better. The reward is that satiable feeling of being in acceptance and the awareness to recognize what just happened. So when I would be able to go into situations like that to attend church or be with in-laws or, or things of that nature, I'm just using that because it's, it's a very common one for me. Um, it feels so rewarding to come out of that. And that doesn't mean I'm not tired. I'm drained from the event because I'm an introvert. But golly, I can have fun. I enjoy that. I'm consciously competent socializing. Yes. It doesn't mean that I get up in the morning going right on, I get to socialize today. That's the it's idea. That you have created a skill set that's successful right. by deliberate practice and pre-planning and all of that. Yeah, and I don't know that I'll ever become unconsciously competent. And I would argue there are a lot of people who are. They just naturally flow into the the and social I, and I thing. Think there are domains and contexts that we become con unconsciously competent, and others that we're always going to be consciously competent. Yeah, this is one of them, I think. Oh, so what's the antithesis? What is the irrational brain? Okay, so under the rational brain, a trigger, like the cue, is a stimuli in the body brains that something's going on. That's the irrational. It's the bogey on the radar. Yeah. Triggered individuals are unconsciously incompetent and consciously incompetent because they repeat the same behavior while getting frustrated because they can't seem to change the results. They get the same stimuli, trigger, it's and like insanity. end up in the same place, right? Their reaction is a subconscious sabotaging behavior to justify a false narrative. So it, this is where it, it truly becomes a vicious cycle and goes into an addictive behavior. Right. 
is the reaction is the pathway to being flooded, which is an opiate-induced state, the biochemicals of the brain designed to temporarily reduce pain. And anytime you're getting this reduction of pain, temporary, um, temporary, temporarily, it has an addict. It creates an addictive state. You actually create receptors in your brain for those opiates that are expecting them, and it becomes a memory circuit in your brain. That means if you are the one who's constantly getting angry at someone, a road rage, um, if you have a, uh, um, an, I don't know what it's called, an invisible account or a silent account or like a Twitter account or a Facebook account oh, where you use to make anonymous, anonymous account, accounts. and that so you can make comments, you got an addiction. Yeah. You got a serious problem. As a matter of fact, one of my new rules of engagement for dating in, in the book that I'm writing is if when you're dating, ask that person, do you have an anonymous account? And if they do, run. Don't walk, run. Get away from that person. They got some serious malfunctions. And hopefully they don't lie to you if yeah. they do. So the but, point being yeah. is that that is a trigger and a flood. If you have to make comments, and if you're constantly making comments, that are negative, that are ripping someone apart, you're hiding behind a mask. That's your persona. And you're not your authentic self. You're not your best self. You're sabotaging. What are you feeding? What reward are you getting when you have to act that way? When you go trigger to flood on anything, when, when dad makes you mad, when sister makes you mad, when um, spouse makes you mad. When politics, news. Yeah, and if you're constantly being flooded because you're listening to the news because the left or the right or whatever is doing something you don't agree with, I am fascinated by the, the and I rarely go there, but I see them enough, by the posts and the comments people make about either or side. They are completely flooded when making the post. There's a lack of neutrality there. They don't have any empathy. They don't understand how they're looking at it. It's fascinating to watch this unravel because we're simply going deeper into an addictive society base. Can I give an example? You may. So this week, I, I don't really do a whole lot on Facebook, okay? I try to, you know, keep it pretty neutral, stay out of the hot topics, you know, I'll post a few family things now and then. Um, post things that are going on, you know, with the Himmer Center and things like that now and then. Um, but this week, um, it came up. And it was kind of exciting news that the state of Washington had, um, the, oh, the Department of Education right. had put out the 55-page document on that how schools should be reopened in the fall. And the uh -huh. very first few pages of that document, and the, the news was that the intention is to have face-to-face -face school. Which is and, be great. Yeah. Which was extremely hopeful. It was not actually what I expected because we've been in draconian efforts here in Washington State under quarantine. And... Um, Anyways, I just quickly put a post out there knowing all my teacher friends would, they were, oh my goodness, what a range of, um, I, I saw that, um, of responses. And I, and a lot of them made sense. I, I kind of felt like, well, this has become a fun forum of, of different opinions, uh -huh. but it was how quickly people weighed in on that. I felt like just the idea of that, oh, School could be normal in fall and it could be face to face. It became almost a trigger because people are so heightened. They're so um, focused on what's this lack of control that they've had in their life that anything about it is going to be a trigger. And, and just because I used the word normal, that got 
sometimes interpreted by others interesting, but I, I let it all go because I found it's truly fascinating that people had to, there was reactions going on. And I don't, I wouldn't say that they were flooded reactions by any means. I read a few of them. Reactionary, but it was reactionary. It was reactionary. Very and much. You could argue whether it's flooded or not, but if you're reactionary without a neutral base to seek understanding, then you're bordering on a who is right approach. Yeah. And it didn't take long before it turned negative. Well, I think people still feel ambiguous because of 55 pages of here's all these measures you have to do. But for me, it was just like the fact that the first few pages were like, it is not good for children to be at home, especially those in poverty, right. and those that are marginalized, that we are harming children. And I was like, thank you. That was it. Well said. Okay, so we've got trigger, reaction, consequence. We discovered the trigger. Um, let's go over to the reaction. A reaction is a subconscious sabotaging behavior to justify a false narrative. I already read this. You did? No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, then con I got so caught up in your story. Consequence, baby. Well, but see, that, that whole That's what Facebook posting was about mm, interesting how reactions come out. And and it's okay to be frustrated. I don't, I don't want to come off as no, rigid, and, right? Right. It's okay to be frustrated, but be mindful when you go, when you allow that to, to dictate your life. And when you go into discourse, even on social media, always have at the front of your mind seeking to understand. Well, I would, my advice, no one's asking it, but it's my show. So my advice would be don't go into discourse on social media. Well, it happens, right? It's well, going to happen. I'm on just saying, things. but people are going to read in the way they want. And there are trolls out there who have the anonymous account who want to sabotage because that's how they live. That's their drug of choice. And I rarely have seen um, dialogue going on in those forums. And I've seen some really profound comments made, but someone always has to take the profundity and make it some sort of an attack. And it actually becomes a personal attack. As soon as it goes personal, you know that they've lost control. Yeah, and that didn't happen in this case. But. Okay, consequence, it's a temporary relief of pain. It's imperceptible to the individual because the pain continues. It's very temporary. It's an imbalance of the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems. So which one gets engaged usually in flooded? Well, um, I don't know if I have this right, but this is how I understand it. Fight or flight is the overstimulation of, of the sympathetic, sympathetic. But then there's, there's the freeze, freeze and faint. Yeah, freeze and, and faint. And that's the parasympathetic. And I would say that happens a lot, actually. Yeah. People feel paralyzed. And I think they have felt paralyzed emotionally. That's and why it's, it's it's the four S, right? Quarantine. Fight, flight, freeze, and faint. Okay, so now we're back to Bobby. Let's address Bobby as we got we wrap this up. Okay. He's got two approaches. Yeah. He can process rationally or he can process irrationally. Um, he thought he was rational, but he had this huge anxious feeling that Brenda may not be interested in him anymore because that was his false narrative. So from a cognitive position, Let's go over the facts and only the facts. This means that we're not going to create any biased narrative that fill in the gaps where there are unknowns. And that's what happens in a lot of this. What do we call this when we just retell the story? A fact story story, right? Yeah, so just the doing. facts. Okay. Bobby and Brenda had been dating for 13 months. That's a fact. You can't argue it. Neither party would argue it. Yep. Brenda went to the university out of state three months ago. Fact. They were in frequent contact while she was away. Both phone, very few phone, but mostly texting, mm -hmm. occasional posts. There were no indications that she was dating one at the university. She drove home for Christmas break and shared her excitement to see Bobby again. She arrived home safely about the time she indicated. 
Bobby knows her card to verify she was home. So from this point on, Bobby took a biased pathway that were that was filled with his false narratives. So he isolated himself, didn't eat dinner, went to his room. So he's flooded. He's flooded. He produced electrochemicals, his opiates, to medicate his feelings um, that were driven by the false narratives, the shadows. And he doesn't notice that he's doing it. So he continues to feel lousy. Now, for what it's worth, and those of you who've done this know. Hey, hey, I, I want to separate a second. You say he continues to feel lousy, that those opiates, in a sense, are how we'd say that they reduce or a temporary relief of pain. How are they a temporary relief of pain if he's feeling lousy? Because he would feel even worse if he didn't. We do it because we're reaching out. Okay, how does alcohol... So how, the behaviors are an indication... Of the fact, right. Yeah. When people, they use the word alcohol as liquid courage, right? So in other words, they're saying, I don't have sufficient emotional intelligence to get through the night, so I'm gonna juice up. But tomorrow they feel terrible. That doesn't make any sense. I just wanted to separate that out. Yeah. Okay. Let's go over his internal narratives. Brenda arrived home on time and doesn't want to see me. So this is how he's twisted it, the facts. Right. right. She should have contacted me already or immediately. She's probably seeing someone else. She doesn't like me anymore. I'm not good enough to be her boyfriend. I'm not worthy to be her boyfriend. I'm not lovable. Brutal. I would have just said, like, okay, what have you been doing the last three months that makes you feel this way while you guys have been distanced? Okay, fair fair question. Um, and then you have to ask yourself, why would he think that when they've been talking all along? She's never indicated she's dated anyone else. She's, she didn't say she would call him at once. She simply said, I'll be home about this time. But he knows it's a long drive. Now, why is he really feeling so sorry for himself? So and this is a right. holding and pattern. There are real quick. so many things that can come. But why did I isolate? Why did I get angry at X? Why did I get angry at Y? Why does that um, frustrate me? Why does the news put me into a tizzy? So usually and most likely, these kinds of questions are answered through food, family of origin dysfunction. Right. Most often. Right. It's a petri dish of dysfunctional behavior anytime you get together with your family. But are you recognizing it that way? Do you spend any time to find out where your behaviors are coming from? Have you processed the things that have happened to you in your life? Because if you haven't, and by the way, just talking about it is not processing it. It takes more than just a conversation because normally that moves into venting and looping. So every false narrative, every single one of these stories are predictionaries. Mm -hmm. And they were, and that ushered Bobby from a trigger to a flooded. So he went trigger reaction flood. Right. And that's an addiction laden journey. And it's going to get worse over time. So if they get married, it could be a disaster. So his subconscious took charge of the steering wheel of emotions and behavior. Okay. So, let's assume Bobby does marry Brenda. Imagine what the relationship will look like every time she fails to follow whatever his immaculate perception is. Like right. if she comes on late or whatever. Um, or how he wants her to behave. He will constantly isolate. And with children, that's a mess. He will pass on the anxiety-filled energy to the next generation and compromise their ability you know, to deepen their relationship with other people. So what makes this story kind of interesting is later that evening, Bobby's in his room sulking, and Brenda calls him and wishes him happy, Merry Christmas. It okay. caught him off guard. Yeah, he was taken back, and he asked her how she was doing. Yeah. And she said, great. And she just woke up from a three-hour nap 
after driving 16 hours straight and was excited to see him now. Now we'll get this and we'll cover the rest of the story in the next segment. She invites him over to meet her grandparents, right? Right. So the idea is notice that there's so much going on that a neutral approach could have alleviated. And so I'm just laughing and smiling to myself. This invisible nap that he doesn't know about is what's caused him all this anxiety. What invisible benign things cause us anxiety that's so unnecessary that if we can just step back and take a look at um, cues with a rational mind rather than triggers with an irrational mind that lead us to flooded, what responses, and we'll do this next time, could Bobby have done? So here's something you could practice. Remember the, the trigger buster process is the three touch points, spiritual, physical, and emotional, 448, do something, an activity, push up, sit up, take a walk, go get a drink of water, and reach out and touch somebody, touch someone. But It just it makes me kind of laugh inside because how many of us have been impatient about the stupidest thing and it does to us what Bobby's experienced? Yes, and that's what I was going to tell you. But, I practice on the freeway us, now. How many of us have a goal? I want to be more patient in life. Well, just saying that is going to do no. diddly. Right. And so you have to try these three touches and and move yourself out of the, ugh, I can't take this anymore. I can't wait. I can't take it to a positive response. So I've been practicing reaction. this on the freeway. Okay. Um, when someone does something that I think is irrational on the freeway or they block traffic or whatever, I, I go through the process of asking what's going on in the car right now. What don't they know? What's what's happening? And inevitably, after I see what's going on, I can go by and assess it. I go, oh, that makes sense. I get it. Because <clears throat> I've been doing that before. I've done what they did. Yeah. How many people have a body reaction over a traffic jam? Over someone cutting them off, not putting a blinker on, whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. We're out of time. Uh, just as a reminder, in the next segment, we're going to unzip this a little bit more. Uh, and we're going to actually move into um, other options that Bobby could have done. So between now and then, what could he have done? And then we're going to move into expectations A and expectation B. I love this. And we're going to use an, an illustration yeah. of where I actually did something right for a change. So it would be nice to t say something I did good on the show. Yeah, All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you in the next one. Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. Now that's a parking spot. Introducing the I may have underestimated the size of my car policy with accident forgiveness from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com.
Optional policy features not included in base policies. Review policy for coverages and exclusions. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.